Welcome to Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about Mi'kmaq people, politics, land and water. I'm Glenn Wheeler. Support independent Mi'kmaq media. Become a patron at patreon.com forward slash Mi'kmaq Matters. Or if you prefer, send us an email transfer at mi'kmaq.matters at gmail.com. This week we're talking about land claims. You may have seen our coverage on Facebook about a map posted on the Provincial Municipal Affairs website about a 1976 land claim filed by the Federation of Newfoundland Indians. When we asked Municipal Affairs about it, they took down the link. They also said that Infrastructure Canada, the federal department, suggested they provide notice about the 1976 claim. We're still waiting for Infrastructure Canada to get back to us about that. Though the 1976 land claim didn't pan out, there's still a widespread desire to assert land rights on behalf of Mi'kmaq people in the form of a land claim. So we thought it would be a good idea to ask Brendan Shepard about the 1976 claim. Brendan Shepard is the former chief of the Halibut First Nation and was involved in the Federation of Newfoundland Indians when the 1976 claim went in. He clarified that though the Halibut was formed as a landless band, there's nothing in the agreement in principle that prevents a future land claim. I talked to him about the 1976 land claim, why it failed, and whether it's time to think about another land claim. In 1976, uh, you know, there was a... uh Claims by both Federation and, and Con River, and uh, referred to as a comprehensive land claims. And you know, information was gathered at at the time that uh, I guess both uh, organizations felt was uh, necessary and probably meeting the requirements of a land claim submission. Um, <clears throat> however, the, the minister, uh, you know, at the time, uh, obviously. Uh, reported back uh, to to board organizations and uh, indicated that the uh, you know the land claims uh, submission was missing a fair amount of information from from their uh, criteria and 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 really then indicated to to both groups that they they should in fact uh, you know redo uh, submit resubmit another application and do some further study and of course funding was provided to to the to both groups to uh, to continue on and do uh, land claims research, and then there was a remember, time when. Do you remember what information he said was missing? What kind of information? Well, pretty much the uh, the information that uh, that led to uh, you know um, uh, establishment and use of the land claims prior to to British sovereignty. Uh, and that, I'm sure, was a, a huge problem for both the uh, Federation of Newfoundland Indians and and Con River at the time. Uh, so, you know, I, I guess it was a way as well because uh, Newfoundland uh, or the, the Federation wasn't certainly recognized, uh, you know, as a as a uh, an Aboriginal group, uh, specifically as Con uh, River was at the time. And uh, it was a way to probably 
get both groups, uh, you know, looking at, well, where, where are we and who needs the funding more? And there, there was some sort of a, uh, you know, dissension uh, came about uh, as Con River then uh, submitted their own uh, claim uh, because a comprehensive claim was still at the time uh, required by, by the minister. And uh, Con River actually submitted a claim on their own and uh, with, with the intentions, and I guess probably good at the time, that they felt they were in a better position to, uh, to meet the requirements of the criteria. Uh, so the Federation itself uh, sought out additional funding to do research and uh, then submitted a claim as well. And uh, there was a, a lot of back and forth correspondence between the Minister's Department uh, and uh, the Federation as, as well as Con River. But the final, uh, you know, uh, outcome of it all from, from the Minister's Department was that uh, in order for them to consider a, uh, a land claims submission that both uh, the Federation of Newfoundland in, uh, Indians and Con River uh, collaborate uh, in sharing historical documentation to ensure that a comprehensive land claim submission represented a joint effort and had the full support of all Newfoundland Megma. And, uh, you know, it, it was just continued to be sort of sidelined for quite some time. And uh, the department, uh, you know, continued to provide uh, funding to the Federation of Newfoundland Indians as well as, as the Con River. And uh, in, in 1996, uh, or I, I'm sorry, but uh, in, in, in later years, the, uh, the Federation of Newfoundland Indians, uh, so 1999-2001, the Federation of Newfoundland Indians actually, uh, you know, decided to gather additional information, uh, but in order to do that, we needed support again from the Department of Indian Affairs and Northern Development. And uh, we did receive funding to do or uh, undertake a traditional U.S. study. And that was a very comprehensive uh, study uh, because it was certainly, uh, you know, drawn up by professional people to, uh, as to what we needed to gather in order to uh, put the information together. And really there was a, uh, a, a traditional U.S. study done which mapped out uh, the areas of the Mi'kmaq represented by the Federation of Newfoundland Indians, and uh, very precise information, and 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 that information came from the individuals themselves. These uh, research uh, people sat down with the individuals and had them, you know, uh, mark out on maps where they hunted, where they fished, uh, that sort of thing, and and covered a, a huge amount of information. Uh, again, that. You know, that, that study uh, never really met the requirements as we submitted uh, again uh, a land claim submission because Con River had wanted to do their own as well and therefore the government was in a position to deny, I guess, uh, a land claim submission to both because they had uh, really, in a sense, uh, directed and, and suggested that the only way uh, this would be taken into you know serious consideration by the the government is that they would have a 
uh, a joint submission, a comprehensive land claims, a joint submission on, on behalf of both groups. And, you know, that's that's pretty much where it is, you know, in, in this day and age. So it seems um, like then on the second submission that uh, the blockage there was that uh, Con River was not a part of it and the, the feds wanted a comprehensive land claim, one claim for the island of Newfoundland. And um, you you submitted, I guess, what they regarded as a partial claim. And you didn't, you I guess you didn't get a ruling on the quality of the um, historical information that you submitted at that time after the traditional land use study. That's 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 correct. That's correct, and and you know it, it's uh, as we as we know, Con River, uh, you know, uh, took their case as, as far as they could take it, and uh, uh, basically, you know, I guess the Drew case pretty much uh, put a, an end to the the, the results of the Drew case. Really, kind of uh, stopped things in its, its tracks, and I'm not aware how far Con River has gone beyond that. Uh, and the Federation of Newfoundland Indians, obviously, is just still left in that position. And really, in a sense, uh, I mean, we've we've had people indicating that the uh, the agreement itself uh, sort of uh, put an end to any possibilities of of land claims. But well, I guess that's uh, the other thing. After after a certain point, uh, when the latter part of this work on the land claim, you were into. Uh, negotiations with the feds on what became the agreement in principle, I guess. So the one that right. started to overlap with the other. Yes, absolutely. And then, and you know, with the land claims itself, uh, there was there was a there was always that uh, that problem from the, uh, the the federal government perspective that uh, you know there's a, there's a lot of uh, overlap and, and and as well between both groups uh, knew there was a, an overlap in the, in the in the land claim submission of use and occupancy but in addition to that the you know the land is also being used by non-native people uh pretty much doing uh what the Mi'kmaq people were doing as well so it, it it's kind of left a lot of uncertainty as to how to resolve it all and to this date uh, really there hasn't been any resolve and I don't know uh, at some point in time, you know, how, how both groups or even an individual group can uh, can advance beyond that. And with regards to studies, uh, it you know, it's been studied, and I'll use a phrase, it's been studied to death, the gathering of the information. So there's no additional information that I can, in my mind, see that uh, could really be collected and put together. Uh, any more than what the Federation of Newfoundland Indians done uh, on this side, representing the uh, the Aboriginal people from down uh, in central Newfoundland uh, all the way up here to towards Codrive Valley. Uh, and there was a huge amount of information, uh, like I said earlier, uh, questions designed, and, and it wasn't just coming from uh, the people uh, within the organization, uh, the executive and, and band council chiefs, uh, it was coming from the individual people themselves in the local band councils as they provided the information to the researchers. As we say, after a certain point, you started talking to the feds um, about an agreement in principle, and I guess a lot of that work was taking place in the in the 90s because it was a, a long process. Um, and people have the uh, the idea because Halibut was formed as a landless band that um, it prevents 
uh, Halibu or Mi'kmaq Newfoundland from asserting another land claim because we have this uh, this classification as a landless band. And uh, and what are your thoughts about that? Do you think there's anything in the agreement in principle which you uh, were very much involved in negotiating that uh, prevents a future land claim? Yeah, well, quite frankly, uh, you know, anybody who has access to the agreement can look at uh, 2.2 of the agreement. And, and the agreement itself doesn't preclude uh, the making of a uh, land claims agreement. Because uh, land claims are based on Aboriginal rights, whereas the reserves, of course, uh, are, are the product of legislation. And really, you know, a landless band in, in this particular case is, is federal recognition of who we are, but in, in a sense, you know, we don't have reserve, which has nothing to do with uh, with land claims in this in this particular situation. So the, the agreements certainly do not, in any way, uh, preclude you know uh, the organization and from from moving forward. And when I say the organization, um, you know, if there's any chance of a, a land claims agreement to be d- further discussed. It can't be coming from, you know, a small group uh, of of people, and and I'll just use the Halibut Mi'kmaq First Nations as an example. There are nine wards under the uh, Halibut Mi'kmaq First Nation, taken into consideration from down in Glenwood and Gander Bay all the way up as far as Codry, and you know, for the for a submission from any one particular group doesn't really make sense and I don't think a whole a whole amount of of uh, of, of water in a sense of, of describing it because any 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 submission to the federal government should be coming from the organization that represents all of those Megma people outside of Con River and that is the Halibut Megma First Nations so therefore there is probably still you know opportunities to follow through on this but in my mind, it has to come from the Halibut Mi'kmaq First Nations. Well, recently at the Halibut Council, we were informed very briefly that uh, a land claim was in the works from your part of the world, from Flat Bay. So have you, do you know anything about the work on that uh, land claim in Flat Bay, in Flat Bay currently underway? Glenn, uh, with regards to the land claim study, uh, we have been informed through a memo from the band council in the area that uh, research was being done. Uh, again, I'll go back to I don't really see the need of research. I could see the uh, the need of uh, uh, of the band council here in Flat Bay uh, pressuring Halibut to move forward with a land claims submission on behalf of the Feder- of the Halibut Mi'kmaq First Nations, which was in fact in the past the Federation of Newfoundland Indians. Uh, I know very little of the details of, of what this, this uh, research is, is really about, uh, other than what was done under a traditional use study and under the Federation of Newfoundland Indians, which I say again, I don't believe anything could be added to that. And coming from a small community such as Flat Bay, who is just a part of the Flat Bay Ward, because we do have Burgio and as far uh, out as Codry Valley and St. Sintens as being part of that particular ward. So, you know, if in fact Halibut 
is supporting something of this nature, I really think that the uh, the chief of the Halibu is uh, is, is really, uh, if he's supporting such, is acting out of the best interests of the Mi'kmaq members of the Halibu Mi'kmaq First Nations, and that would be totally, you know, irresponsible. So you you would anticipate that if there was a land claim from Flat Bay, it would have the same problem as uh, you had back in the day, where the feds wanted a comprehensive land claim covering all all territory and not and not postage stamp. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. I I I I can't see how something like this would, you know, really make sense in my view. Uh, other than the fact, uh, Glenn, that you know. Some funding is probably made available, which the ban would probably use uh, to hire somebody, to give somebody employment. Uh, but to add to anything that was already done under the studies in the past, um, to me, you know, it, it doesn't make sense. Other than to uh, gather a bit of funding uh, for the band and, and create some uh, some employment, if in fact someone is directly employed uh, to do that particular work. And, you know, a memo to all the households in the flat, they indicated uh, some time back that a certain individual was being paid an honorarium to do research study. But, uh, you know, that that remains to be seen as to what that's all about, because I really think that the residents themselves ought to know what's happening when you do uh, something of this nature as to how does that impact the individuals, the Mi'kmaq people in the community, as well as the non-Mi'kmaq people, um, what areas are we looking at, you know? Uh, Flat Bay is only a small community. Uh, if you're talking, you know, land settlements and land agreements, uh, uh, it, it's just beyond me as to how this really falls into place. Um, finally, let, let's talk about the, the agreement in principle that was signed making Halibu a landless band. And there was discussion at the time whether that was a good idea and whether uh, the people on our side negotiating the agreement should have held out for, for land. And uh, I guess your thinking was that, um, you know, an agreement in principle for a landless ban was attainable and perhaps it would take much longer and was more uncertain if you could get a uh, a band with with reserved lands. So you thought a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, and you proceeded on the agreement in principle as it was signed. Is that was that the reasoning at the time? Well, Glenn, look, I'll put it this way: uh, had we held out and and looked at trying to uh, you know include a, a reserve as part of this agreement, or even hunting and fishing rights. Uh, the, uh, you know, the, the 35, 40,000 or so people who are today benefiting from the landless band agreement with regards to uh, non-insured health, education, and uh, tax-free items, uh, which on, uh, on goods that would be delivered to the reserve in Con River, uh, would have nothing today. We'd be at a stalemate, and quite frankly, I don't think it would have been seen in my time or in a lot of the other people's time, because to establish a reserve, uh, you know, uh, would be a huge, huge task, which uh, similar to land claims right now is still not settled, uh, and therefore you couldn't have reserves in the area that Halibut represents the band council from uh, as far down as Gander Bay to Codroy Valley. I mean, 
what are we talking about? We're talking about a better portion of, of the island of Newfoundland, and you're not going to create a reserve in each of those uh, those wards. So it's to me, it was the best possible thing that you know we could actually negotiate with the federal government was under the uh, the agreement of uh, of a landless band. And now that we have that agreement, and we do have um, Halibut formed as a landless band. Do you think it's worth thinking about submitting another land claim, a comprehensive land claim, uh, uh, covering uh, those uh, areas of the island that we talked about? Well, you know, it's it's something that uh, could probably be you know discussed and, and talked about with with federal officials. Uh, but then, you know, that's that's something I would leave up to the uh, you know the the current uh, leadership. Uh, of Halibut, uh, and and it would be in it would have to be uh, you know in 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 the interest of all those people represented by Halibut, and I have to go back to that because even though I'm not in the uh, the organization as such at the executive level, uh, doesn't mean that I just change my mind all of a sudden that I move from. Uh, representing all of the people under Elibu and just focus on the, the small community where I live in Flat Bay. That's, that is not my style. Uh, I believe that that organization is a, a good organization, but it has to uh, move forward uh, with the best interests of all the members that it now has. Brendan Shepard, former chief of the Halibu First Nation. Regarding a Flat Bay claim, we reached out to Elder Calvin White, who's in charge of the land claim portfolio for the Flat Bay Band. Elder White says no decision has been made on whether to file a land claim. He says they're doing land use and occupancy research only. He says they're particularly interested in the oral history of older residents before they pass on. And that's it for the program. Allison Baker is the technical producer of Mi'kmaq Matters, thanks to our radio partners, Bay of Islands Radio, Voice of Bombay, CHMR, and Mi'obigag First Nation Radio. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. I'm Glenn Wheeler. Till next time. Mm-hmm.